Hi, in the Telkom podcast continues with the retrospect series in which the participating teams look back on the three years of the project and its distinctive character. This is the second part of the series. This series will conclude the year 2023, but yet not the entire Mediatelcom project. We have two more ongoing months next year, including the final conference in Brussels on the 15th of February. As for lead-in, it's apparent that high rating of press freedom does not necessarily mean high degree of freedom of expression. Comparative research reveals new perspectives for perceiving the media systems, surprises occur. New concepts and methodologies have been established towards media research. Media literacy is largely an empty concept as it does not look into deliberation but rather into audiences' ability to use new IT solutions. In this episode, we have deliberations by the teams of Poland, Latvia, Austria, Germany and Estonia. Estonia has been the coordinator for the project, so they say their sentiments regarding this too. The listening hereby is capacious. Thank you for joining us. I'm Urmas Lloyd, the Mediatelkom communication officer. The published view is provided by Michal Klovatsky and Jacek Mikutski. For the Polish team, the overall goal of the Media Delcom has been to bring the concept of deliberation in the current debates on the state of the art and potential future scenarios for media organizations in the context of sharp societal, but also ideological polarization. What we experience in our country is the emergence of some extreme voices in terms of media being prone to either conservative or liberal ideas. And for us, the Media Delcom project has been to find the middle ground or to put it the other way around, to go back to the foundations of the media, to serve as a forum where there are different stakeholders who respect each other, listen to each other, are also open to different views and concepts. Another goal for us was to go beyond the normative concepts and theories which we highlighted as the core outcome of the Polish scholarship in media and communications. Through the whole project we argue that we as the scholars need more empirical evidence but also we need to be more active in the dialogue with the different stakeholders also to get involved in some national and international policy debates again with respect with offering different grounds for policy making concepts but also supporting the independent and uh, deliberative based democracy we try to implement uh, findings and also concept of the deliberative communication from the media delcom project uh, during the event in warsaw so we organized event devoted to 
deliberative communication in the field of the art, media and culture. So the event uh, titled Breaking Down the Walls, Old and New Barriers to Social Cohesion in Arts, Culture and Media. So we invited many people from different fields such as art, movie industry, but also media as a journalist from the independent press and creative industries. Also very controversial in the case of Poland and our culture and tradition, for example, drag queen, yes? So we discussed about Polish case study and Polish social problems in deliberative way. So uh, we gathered also many, many people and it was successful event. And also audience participated in the event asking questions to the panelists so on top of the findings, which were very policy and scholarly based, I think we were quite successful in inventing or reinventing the format where we brought together people representing academia, policy makers, but also creative and cultural representatives who actually made a deliberative effort to discuss potential barriers and social polarization um, alongside the future scenario. The Estonian team was also coordinating the entire Media Telcom project. We have Halike Harleit, the project coordinator, and Eplok speaking. Estonia stands alone in various indexes and different comparative projects. We can see that Estonia does not really belong to the group of Eastern and Central European countries, but it also doesn't belong entirely to the Nordic country group. Our approach has demonstrated that it is possible to get a more detailed profile of different countries as well as Estonia. I will just give you one example about Estonian results. Estonia has a very high position concerning press freedom index. It belongs to the first 10 countries. At the same time, when we speak about freedom of expression or word freedom of speech, and then the situation in Estonia is not so good. It has rather gone worse, I would say. So in this project, we have found out the tendencies concerning different countries, whether the risks have been increasing or decreasing, and also the comparative perspective concerning different European countries, so where the country belongs to does it belong to those countries where deliberative communication is close? Or does it belong to the countries where uh, the possibilities of deliberative communication are uh, rather decreasing? 
finally, I would say that Estonia has quite a lot of opportunities, but also some risks. And of course, these risks are related to the small resources of the, the size of the country. We do have also not much human resources. I can add some interesting facts about Estonia and the, Estonia's uh, capability of media monitoring and research. When we did uh, comparisons between the countries based on bibliography that was uh, compiled in the project, Estonia stands out with uh, the biggest percentage of uh, publications that are published internationally. Although the number of researchers in Estonia in the field of media and communications is um, relatively small, it's only about 30 compared to, let's say, 600 in Poland or uh, 250 in Sweden, which is quite big difference between the resources for research. Also, I think that Estonia was one of the first country engaged in international projects. I would say also about all Central and Eastern Europe countries, the positive fact is that uh, they are involved in international projects, although most of them don't uh, lead these projects but have joined them later. Estonia has been the coordinator of this Media Telecom project. What's the experience regards uh, to that? This consortium has been exceptionally large, and I would say that also exceptionally a lot of uh, Central and Eastern European countries have been involved. So the coordination has been quite intensive, I would say, but at the same time the possibility to get the overview on the media transformation in 14 countries is a good achievement, I would say. However, as a coordinator, I would say that uh, we have learned quite a lot about creating methodology and theory also. The innovative aspect, what I can now point out, is um, methodological. First, we created the concept of capability of monitoring mediascapes, which means that we have created a tool and a concept about the importance of monitoring the knowledge, what we actually have about the changes in media and media consumption and journalism. Then we also have used fuzzy set analysis for comparative research concerning risks and opportunities of media transformations. And we have also extended the theoretical framework for the, the deliberative communication. So I think that this theoretical and methodological as well as conceptual um, innovation has been quite a fascinating part of coordinating this project. You can, you can really see how different people come together and create input. And really we collectively have been creating new things. What's interesting when trying to assess the visibility and uh, input of Central and Eastern European scholarship in media and uh, communication and journalism and democracy research 
is that uh, it depends how to look at it. If to compare with the Western countries and the Western requirements and principles of uh, distribution knowledge and publishing, then it's really true that Central and Eastern European scholarship is not visible and uh, is almost uh, invisible. But uh, if to look from inside, if to look from the position of um, Central and Eastern European researchers, then we can see quite a lot of achievements. First of all, the last 20, even 10 years, the increase of publications and increase of international publications has been enormous. And uh, also almost all countries involved in the project have uh, their own uh, professional journals, uh, journals on the media research, communication research. Of course, there are some countries that do not have, but uh, another question is that uh, If we look on this picture with a broader view, we can ask, uh, is 35 years enough for um, getting to the same level with uh, the Western scholarship? Or is it even too short time for uh, getting all these achievements that have been achieved in the research? So I think that uh, time is one aspect that has to be taken into consideration when assessing the visibility and quality and quantity of uh, Central and Eastern European scholarship. I think that quite a lot of research concerning the European media risks and opportunities has been overlooking one problem and that is the differences between the countries and also the till difference between the Eastern and Western countries in Europe. However, some problems being visible in Hungary, Poland, now Slovakia, might be important to know better also in Western countries because political polarization and populism are the trends where at least our German partners said that we need to take a closer look and learn from this experience. On behalf of the neighboring Latvia, Anda Rozukalne and Ilva Skulte talk. Remembering our findings in a Media Delcom project, I would like to focus on the media competence. We found out that in Latvia, all research and all politics goes to protectionist approach. We are very concerned about the threats related with the media and other communication platforms, which means that uh, there is a lack of competence related with actually 
modern media environment understanding, how media are operating, what does this mean, different media cultures and uh, even journalistic quality nowadays. And now remembering those findings, I would like to share a couple of actual news. The first is a very positive. After a government change in Latvia, finally experts and scholars could persuade the new media policy developers in the Ministry of Culture. And now there is a brand new information that there will be separate media literacy policy strategy in Latvia. Previously, media literacy was a part of general media policy documents in Latvia. This, I hope, will solve the problems that media competence are taught and understood in Latvia very narrowly. The second news is related with the structural changes in Latvia, me, uh, Latvian media environment. Since September, we have a new owners in uh, one of previous largest newspaper organization. No, it is online only. Paper, NRA, or previous independent daily newspaper. And now there is, a, as we used to say, new oligarchization of Latvian media landscape because one of the richest business person of Estonia, Georgis Osinovskis, not directly, but his news post, Anastasia Odalova, became the owner and the beneficiary of this media organization. Uh, yes, and I think the lack of knowledge of media competence, knowledge on media ownership, on uh, the important processes in media landscapes will be solved, I hope, in five upcoming years by clear and transparent information of media owners and other important processes in Latvian media landscape. In the last 10 years, we are more and more speaking about uh, media and information literacy as needed competence in the mediatized uh, society we live now today. Just a few days ago, I was on the eastern border of European Union in the southeast of Latvia, talking to the local people, and I understood that uh, we cannot talk about particular things also related to communication and media and deliberative communication in particular without seeing the complex of different aspects in our view. Because I think connection of different fields of research and different uh, results to upcoming new projects is very important issue, at least in Latvia right now, where a lot of things, like I said, are done for media literacy, but the connection between several actors and agents, flows of finance, knowledge, and people, like resources, are actually rather low. And I think what our project showed in this context is that we actually have so much different gaps in our knowledge about different agents and their collaboration and networks. Especially, I would like to underline the importance of working with local people, with people in the places where they live, to enact and create new networks of agents. I think 
that's the next stop our project can develop. And I think that our experience with Media Delcom project can actually be a fundament for developing this kind of ideas into future projects, both research projects and practical projects working with people. From Austria, we have three speakers, Tobias Eberwein, Kristina Krakowski, and Christian Ogolder. When we think about Media Delcom, I think it's important to know that using the comparison as a method is always really helpful. And I think that Media Delcom showed this in many different perspectives and in many different ways. Because comparisons, well, you do them not just for the sake of comparisons, but they actually also help you to learn something new about yourself and learn something about the work that you are doing. And I really had this feeling that this worked out quite well in the course of case study one, where we tried to find out uh, about the functionality of the research infrastructures in the Media Delcom countries. Um, we started that work package believing that we actually knew quite a lot about the situation in Austria. We knew where we are working and we knew what kind of work we are doing. In Austria, we have the situation that we are quite often compared to Germany because we are speaking the same language and many corporations are there between German and Austrian universities. And in this regard, Austria is usually the small neighbor state yeah, with similar research traditions like in Germany, but always a bit, well, you can say less developed, maybe less differentiated. But Media Delcom, I think it really helped us to take on a different perspective because there are many other countries in the sample. Some are bigger than Austria, some are smaller than Austria, and they all have their strengths and their weaknesses. And even the smaller countries that we researched, they did have best practices that worked quite well. Yeah, And this research approach, which we used in case study one, helped us to highlight the strengths, also the strengths that we have in Austria, because there are actually many things going on, for example, in the journalism domain, but also in the field of media accountability. There are many opportunities and uh, our case studies help us to highlight those. But it also helped us actually to redefine what is a small country, yeah? because compared to other, for example, Eastern European countries, Austria is not that small after all. But in many regards, 
it can actually be a role model and it can show how best practices in media research function. And this is certainly one of the lessons that I learned from uh, case study one. Maybe something similar can be said when we look at case study two. Maybe Christina can mm -hmm. tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, okay. So I was looking at your question about uh, most remarkable discoveries uh, during the project. And and this is also the same direction, actually, as Tobias was talking about. So to me, it was surprising that if we cluster specific aspects of countries in a more detailed way, as we did in the Media Dalcom study, yeah, so surprising results. And, and uh, this can open up opportunities, actually. So usually we, we or sometimes we talk about different countries in a more broader sense and group them together much more broader sense than we did here in the Media Delcom study. And I was mostly involved with the journalism domain. In this domain, this applies to the case study one, so to the research landscape and structure, but also to the case study two. For example, when we talk about working conditions for journalists, so this is a very specific example. I tried to find some specific examples. So when we talk about the research environment for working conditions for journalists, we find Austria much more similar to Hungary, for example. So the research on working conditions in Austria is also primarily covered by individual studies and dedicated individual researchers who describe and analyze working conditions. And for example, in contrast, we have Germany and Sweden, and they have a much more institutionalized way to collect data and information. And this is, of course, a great advantage. But when we talk about challenges in this more specific way and not so much in an overall evaluation, we really can exchange and find ways that could uh, solve problems with such specific problems. And I think this was very interesting. This was an aspect on the more um, on the research landscape. But when we talk, for example, also on the results that some studies show, when we talk about the aspect, for example, of political pressure, here again, we can see that political pressure on journalists has increased. And it's not only Poland and Hungary, but also Bulgaria, for example, and Romania, and also Austria. So it is very interesting to deal with very, very specific aspects in the different countries to really show uh, problems in deliberative communication and to also see what kind of solution can be found. And now I will add something regarding media-related competences, which was mostly my domain I was involved with. Digital media and related forms of communication also affect risks and opportunities regarding media-related competences. Working with Media Delcom Project has further expanded our understanding of the importance of media-related competences and media literacy. Introducing the new school subject, Digital Basic Education in Austria, coincidentally during the project period, a very innovative step in terms of media literacy was taken. The project's country comparative approach is, of course, very helpful in assessing and evaluating the measures the Austrian government took. In addition, it became clear that some colleagues from other countries involved in the Media Delcom project are likewise critical of politically promoted media education. 
mainly focusing on digital skills, which means teaching how to use digital devices and applications only, I have to add. Aspects of democratic competences in connection with digital competences are often neglected. However, it's precisely this aspect that is essential in order to be able to use digital technologies to move forward concerning deliberative communication. Therefore, one insight from the project can be to keep a constant eye on the development of school curricula on media literacy. Thank you, Christian. This was more about the impact of the project. There's one final thing that I still want to mention, and this is more a reflection of Media Delcom as a project itself, I would say, because this is also important, looking back at what we actually achieved, because I also see Media Delcom as a network, as a network of partners that are cooperating. And in this regard, we really had a very, very interesting learning process, because when we started with MediaDelcom, well, some partners knew each other, others did not know each other, so uh, we had very dissimilar starting points. We also had very different disciplinary backgrounds and sometimes very different research approaches, but with regard to that, I think that MediaDelcom managed really well to connect all the partners, to connect all the different countries with all their differences, and uh, really stressed the element of togetherness, I would say. And uh, this is something that needed to develop over time. I hope that it will last uh, even when the project is uh, formally over. Particularly in the past months, we created many fantastic outputs. Uh, we created that together with a group of great colleagues. And I'm not only talking about the deliverables that we were expected to produce, but also additional publications, additional conference presentations that were not really planned from the beginning. But this togetherness within the group, it really helped to create something new. And uh, I, I really hope that it will not be the last time that we did research together within the group, because this is something that is supposed to last. And uh, also from that regard, I think that MediaDelcom is a really important driver or, or motor, you could say, of, of research from a comparative perspective. And the deliberations for today, the German team will conclude. We have Markus Kreutler and Susanne Fengler at the mic. Well, almost three years of MediaDelcom. It's, it's interesting when you start a project that compares different countries, you expect to learn a lot about other countries. And of course we did. And we learned a lot of um, the comparison between the different countries. But what was great for us that we really also learned a lot about our own country, not in terms of data or specific research or something. Of course, we know that, but putting it all into that big picture and into perspective with how it compares to other countries, with um, how Germany is different to 
many countries where you would at first sight think it's very similar. That was really eye-opening for us. Media Delcom was also like a family meeting or family gathering for us because uh, there were so many dear colleagues who have already been involved in the EU project Media Act about 10 years ago. And um, it is so wonderful to see such research connections growing and growing and become ever more fruitful and solid. And so we so much appreciated the chance to work again with super dear colleagues we know for such a long time and also get to know so many more new colleagues and already established further research connections with them. For example, Srinka from Croatia just asked us to be part of uh, the summer school on media systems. She's organizing every year. So um, it feels like the spider web is growing and growing and we as researchers come closer and closer to each other and can really help form a European basis. Yeah, and the network was also really helpful to grow in terms of uh, methods. Just one example, the, the fuzzy set analysis that we applied was really fitting for the kind of analysis that we were doing with the data we were having. Um, but of course, it was really uh, a, a great help to have uh, the great Croatian team that already has experience with the method and that could build on the experience that, that they were having. And it, that was really a big dive into methodological opportunities. And it was really interesting for us to see it grow over time from, from the, the first attempts to, to calibrate the results that we have found in our case studies, to fine-tune it, and then to finally come to conclusions that are really, really interesting. And what I also noticed is whenever I presented what we are doing in terms of method and how we are trying to come to a holistic view of pretty much everything that has to do with the media and public communication in our countries. You could imagine that a broad audience of students or of uh, a general public would be overwhelmed, but the contrary was the case. They were oftentimes, um, they were really, really interested to learn how we are tackling this also methodologically and how we can come to conclusions with such a broad basis for our study. We also very much like the interdisciplinary approach because uh, we worked with people from different fields, also media lawyers like our colleagues from Greece or political scientists and also people more oriented toward the tech side of communication. And um, yeah, this is super helpful to, to understand the issue from broader perspectives. And yeah, that was very, very enlightening in the project. We were also very grateful to the project coordinator, to Haliki Haroloid. I think she's very unique. She's very special. She's super involved in the project and works, I have the feeling, 300% for it or 400%. And at the same time, she has such a diplomatic way to communicate. And then, of course, just the fact that we were so many countries from, from different regions I think that also was a big plus when it comes to daily work, when you're editing a book in a team, you see different styles of working together, different styles of how you could work with a text. And while that does produce sometimes an additional uh, loop of, of editing or an additional loop of uh, fine-tuning the text, I think in the end we can all only really just profit from it by coming up with a result that works in different also cultural environments. 
And of course, we have, I have to thank Ormas for being the podcast director and keeping us busy with the podcast issue. And Ormas is such a sunny and wonderful person. Um, we always want to hug him when we see him and we look forward to do it when we have our last project meeting in Brussels. And then the next project just has to come very soon because there's no way to live without the Media Delcom family. And one thing that really just stuck with me from our first case study on the monitoring structures was really this big insight how much of an impact international research projects can have and how sometimes European research projects or otherwise funded international projects can actually start a whole research area in some of the countries that we've analyzed, which really points to the responsibility that funders also have to keep certain areas which are important for us to know about alive in terms of research and monitoring. This is where the country teams look back onto Media.com for this time. We shall have one more episode in the Retrospect series in a few weeks and some more podcasts will appear at the beginning of the new year. Thereby, stay tuned.